Hey now. What 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 are we talking about with a pillow in the shape of a cube? What the <laughs> I man? Don't know. This is our this show's already off the rails. We're thirty seconds into it. Okay, how you doing, everybody? <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day! Welcome to show episode one twenty here, the Pucknologists. Uh, I am AJ underscore Strong. Joining me tonight, of course, Rocket Backhander. Hi, I love you, Rocket Backhander. <laughs> okay, and coming to us all the way from Vegas, Hockey Jerk. I just want to let you know that my my lawyer will be filing a complaint with you for having to use the old intro. Ugh, I know. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, Jerk, can you do me a favor? Activate your camera. Oh, yep. Thank you. Okay. Oh, beautiful. (laughs) All right. Uh, Wow. (laughs) Love the shirt you're rocking tonight, bro. Uh, Hey, do me a favor, ladies and gentlemen. Follow us on the social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Reddit, all those fun places. We can be found at Teal Town USA. And don't forget, if you ever miss a show and want to hear it again, find it on your favorite podcast platform on YouTube and always at TealTownUSA.com. There you go. If you would like to contribute, help support the show, we encourage you to use Venmo at Teal Town USA. So... This time around, it, it, it wasn't a good week, kids. Uh, you're talking about Valentine's Day. Let's talk a little heartbreak. Uh, we're going to get into a wild week of the NHL. Uh, those ugly gold helmets and a, a hat trick of comments that Jerk is going to love. But first, let's talk about the games the Sharks played this week. Starting off with games versus LA. Game one is a 4-3 shootout win for the Sharks. Martin Jones gets the start. Cal Peterson with his first ever start versus San Jose. I would have gone with Dubnik for a couple straight. Uh, but Bugner used the whole, hey, Jones plays well versus LA. I mean, you know, Doobie's played better than Jones so far. But points, screw him. Who needs him? Uh, with this game, Marlowe did pass Yarmir Yager for third on the game's played list. That's usually the point when Jerk goes, who cares? Uh, who Timo <laughs> Meyer. Scores a minute 20 in from a beautiful backhand pass from Ryan Donato. Donato continuing to be a solid pickup. And with two and a half left, Knizhov would get his first NHL point, feeding Marlowe, who would then feed Couture for a tap-in. In the second period, though, things kind of changed a little bit as Kopitar would take advantage of a breakout. Some bad coverage from Brent Burns and would go five-hole on a goal that Jones needs to have. Sharks take three penalties in the second, including a too many men. Uh, I'm sorry, hella dudes. Uh, Dowdy would fire a slapper. Dustin Brown would clean up the rebound. It's not looking good. In the third, Shimmick got lost, and Dustin Brown would get his second of the game. But with 45 seconds left, Evander Kane would clean up in the crease, and we go off to overtime. This ended up being the third straight game for the Sharks going to overtime. And despite shooting out shooting LA 6-1, to one, we end up going to a shootout. Couture would be the only one to score as Jones would throw up another perfect shootout. This kid has not allowed a shootout goal since game one of the season. If only he could play 60 minutes like that. Because right now Jones uh, on that game threw up an 889, somehow pulled out a win. I don't know Rocket... 
can you get too jazzed about not being able to put away a team that was worst in the division coming into this one? No, that's exactly what my point was going to be. It was like, it was, it was like, oh, great points. Um, shouldn't be that excited because it, it really wasn't, uh, it wasn't nearly as clean cut as it should have been if they were clearly the better team. So it was, it was definitely doom and gloom going forward after that. Ugh. I mean, jerk, you just kind of like, well, they got to win. <laughs> yeah, I mean, on, on one hand, you, you you know, the general philosophy is you don't crap on a win. But at the same time, if you're looking at who the Sharks played and honestly how the game started, it shouldn't have even got that far. Like the, you know, the L.A. Kings, they're beneath the Sharks in the standings. At least they were at the time that this game started. And yeah, were. On pa- yeah, and on paper, which is, a, you know, not the ideal way to look at things, but on paper, the Kings have a worse roster, worst, worse roster, Jesus, than the Sharks. So, I mean, the game's not played on paper, but it shouldn't have been as close as it was, and there shouldn't have been those stretches of times where the Sharks looked like they were, you know, a minor Lost. league team. Yeah. Well, and if that wasn't as bad, they follow it up with a 6-2 loss to L.A. Martin Jones getting a consecutive start after it's reported that Devin Dubnik has a lower body injury, whatever that means. Uh, John Leonard is recalled, slots in for Rudolph Balsers. The Sharks give up three straight goals from Kopitar, Grundstrom, and Wagner coming straight out the box, and we're off to the races. Now, Hurdle would get one back before the end of the period, but yikes! In the second... After going one for 30 on their power play chances, the Sharks finally score a damn power play goal and get out of the second period with a positive goal differential. This is shocking to some people, especially me. Ends up being Hurdle again. EK65 would finally pick up a point, put him at four, yet only one of them can be considered a primary assist. In the third, Anderson Dolan would score after EK65 would flub the puck behind his own net. Boom, now it's 4-2. to two. Evander Kane takes a dumb slashing penalty. The Kings make it 5-2. to two. <sighs> This is an oddly officiated game, by the way. I mean, Hedekin was bitching about it for a lot of the game. They disallowed a goal challenge. It gave the Sharks a delay of game penalty, but they also call interference on Burns, giving the Kings a 5-on-3. Uh... Jerk? What? (laughs) (laughs) Well, my thoughts exactly. I mean, for starters, okay, Burns takes in takes a penalty, and it's it by the rule of the, you know, the law that is a penalty. But generally, when you're on the delayed penalty, if the other team scores, your penalty is just it's wiped off because it was ostensibly a power play goal. Yet for some reason, the Kings got a goal and a power play out of it, which Maybe it's just a mistake, whatever. But then you have the goal challenged, or maybe it wasn't challenged, or you know, <laughs> there there's still no no uh, no ruling on whether or not um, the challenge, the act of challenging, was disallowed, or the challenge itself was disallowed. There's still yeah. no. Uh, no clarity on that one. Um, so the fact that there was an amazing amount of explanation <laughs> or lack oh, thereof, right? Yeah, <sighs> it, I, I, I had, I actually remember, I had um, my TV on mute at that point, and I'm watching him, and I'm like, what is he saying? He was there for like a minute. 
so uh, anyway, Carter would score on a one-timer, make it 6-2 with a minute 03 left on the power play. Yikes. Okay, fine. Then after a mid-period TV timeout, Bob Bugner would finally decide to put in Alexi Melnichuk. This, the poor bastard managed to stop 5-5. Five of five. Okay, that's good, I suppose. <laughs> My man. My man. Uh, but um, let's just say that Bugner might kind of be. Um, oh no! I don't know. At the end of his rope with uh, with Martin Jones at this point. Let Let's listen in. I thought we were probably the uh, the team that had some better scoring chances in the first period. Their guy made some saves. Our guy didn't. And now you're down three nothing. I mean, we got back to three two. Um, you know, there's no execution on the breakaway. Uh, or sorry, on the uh, breakout. And now it's four two, and then you know you start trying to uh, play with play outside the system and trying to catch up and uh, take some penalties and obviously the rest is history. Now, as you can hear, Bob Bugner is. Just, I mean, when he sits there and goes, "Their guy made saves, our guy didn't." <laughs> bus, meet Martin. Martin, meet Bus. Yeah. Uh, uh, am I, I mean, wrong? No, you're not. <laughs> no. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. And I, I think it's a, I don't even know how to call it. I mean, I feel like before, you know, with Jones and then also with Eric Carlson, which we'll obviously get into later on, you know, it's always been like, you know, it's always been, yeah, okay, they let us down, but, you know, they're professionals. They're really good. You know, they have they've made their money for a reason. We got to let them figure it out. That's kind of been the the mantra prior. And then you know, Bugner coming around and like you like you said, AJ. You know, basically saying, well, our guy didn't make saves, and I believe he even called out Jones um, even more specifically after that as well. So it almost seems to me like we're getting to a point where. Yes, these players, Jones and Carlson specifically, are they're good players and they've made money for a reason, but like I wouldn't be surprised if they're, you know, riding the pine at some point just because it's I mean, eventually you gotta make any it doesn't matter if you are if you're Nikolai Kanijov or if you're Eric Carlson or anybody in between, like if you're not, you know, if you're not bringing your share to the table, like you deserve to have an example made out of you. I'm saying it. And you talked about Bugner talking about a little bit more about Jones. Let's hear it. Well, I I don't know. You you can ask him, but that's not up to our standard that goaltending. And uh, you know, I mean, we've given him a chance here to um, grab the net, and and uh, you know, especially with Doobie being hurt, and uh, um, you know, we just again, I I think we're not expecting him to win hockey games for us and stand on his head, but we gotta we gotta have solid goaltending, especially at the beginning of games, and uh, it's just. It's not up to our standard, and I'm sure it's not up to his own. I mean, there's Bugner saying the goaltending. It's not up to our standards. He just looks. He just looks dejected more than anything. (laughs) It's just it's third straight year of this. You know, you can call one year an anomaly. Like, oh, it's just a bit. You know, everything was just bad all around. I mean, Rock. We heard about last year with uh, even Martin Jones saying, uh, you know, when it got bad. Everybody kind of went to their own little spots. What's so? What's the excuse now? There is no excuse now. Um, I th- well, personally, man, I have my suspicions about that young man, but I feel he is definitely past his prime. You know, 
he really should be put through the meat grinder with a little bit of spice and vinegar so and turned into ground chuck so he can be sold off rather quickly. Otherwise, he's just going to sit on the shelf and expire. <sighs> yeah, I, and I honestly think like the only reason why he's not sitting out more than he is is because Dubnik was injured. I think as long as Dubnik can stay healthy, he'll probably be the Sharks' number one throughout the rest of the season. You're not wrong. Or mm. maybe Melnichuk. Let's see. <laughs> Let's oh, go to our on. last thing, our last comment from Bob Ugner. Uh, you know, I thought he handled himself well. He didn't get a lot of action there and on on the last nine minutes, eight, nine minutes. But um, you know, that was a combination of trying to obviously get Jonesy some rest and the game being out of reach by then and the the, the kid getting his first action. Um He's a goalie that we have a lot of uh, high hopes for in the future. So it's good to see him get in and sort of sucks under the circumstances. But, uh, you know, I was thinking of putting him in after the third goal and, uh, um, you know, in in retrospect, maybe I should have, but, um, you know, I went in between periods and I challenged Jonesy to be better, Um, you know, and I thought he, he answered the bell a little bit in the second period, but again, I think the game's out of reach by that point in time, uh, uh, even though we made it three, two, um, you know, we still couldn't, we still couldn't, uh, um, you know, still couldn't solve, uh, solve the problem that was going on. I mean, when the coach sits there and goes, yeah, in retrospect, I should have put Melnichuk in after the third goal. Yikes. (laughs) (laughs) Now, if that wasn't bad enough, a friend of the show, Kevin Kurz, I loves me some athletic Kevin Kurz. CSN Kevin Kurz was a Pollyanna, you know, no, 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 no. Kevin Kurz from The Athletic is dropping truth bombs. He said, after this game, it's entirely possible that Jones, in the midst of his third consecutive poor season, is only one or two ineffective starts away from becoming the highest paid player on the Barracuda. (laughs) I mean... Wow. It says, it's a low bar, but this season's Sharks youngsters look much better than the mostly useless group they had last season. I mean, calling them useless. Now, remember, we're talking about guys that the Sharks talked up a lot about. Chekovic, Shemilevsky, you're tanking. I mean, holy crap. And what's funny is he is, Kurz is saying, the mostly useless group they had last season. A lot of those same names are still on this team. I'm just saying. Uh, when you consider the shaky goaltending, the lack of depth scoring, and the absence of a true game-breaking player as Eric Carlson's decline continues, it all adds up to a below-average club or maybe worse. I mean, Jerk, is is he wrong? <laughs> no, he, he's not at all wrong. And, you know, I, I was definitely... You know, going into the season, I was definitely beating that drum as like, well, okay, you know, everybody has kind of played below average, below their standards last year. I think, you know, going back to being average, I don't think that's a ridiculous expectation. And I still stand by my decision to advocate for that position. But I mean, some of the guys and, and we've certainly talked about it. I've talked about it in other circles as well, where it's like. You know, Timo Meyer is the guy who's supposed to like rip 40 goals. And it's like, you can't really do that when you're taking, you know, muffin shots from the blue line. And, you know, I mean, we've, we've spent, 
lengths of time talking about Eric Carlson. I think LeBanc has looked good, but he's not, I don't think, where he wants to be necessarily. So it's just, you know, I, I think there are some guys like Couture, like Hurdle, like Burns, who have gone back to that average level. But I think there are some guys as well who it's kind of just like, you know, we liked it down here. Um, <laughs> you know, we we want to stay down here. So I don't know. We'll see. I mean, <sighs> it's... Yikes. It th- that's the weird thing about the shortened season and only playing in division is it's somehow still early and looking critical at the same time. Uh, yikes. <laughs> uh, from Sharks fan 27. Thank you so much for your super chat donations with the goaltending situation. Now, do you believe the Sharks should have kept Dell? No, no, no. Nah. But thank you for the money. <laughs> thank you so much for your donation. We're going to say, I think we all agree that no. Mm-mm. Wasn't going to be a, enough of a difference. Uh, let's move on to the last game. Finally, the Sharks get to play at home. And what happened? And then what happened? What had happened was a 3-1 loss. Uh, Martin Jones, of course, getting a start again because Dubnik is injured. Curtis Gabriel would make his Sharks debut. Balsers would slot in. Noah Gregor sliding out this time. On the Vegas side of it, no Shea Theodore, no Braden McNabb, no Thomas Nosek for Vegas, but they hardly needed it. Marchessault would open the scoring in the first period after Kane gets called for holding Pacioretty. A lot of brain fart neutral zone turnovers throughout this period. In the second, uh, and this is the part that really pisses me off, <laughs> Marchessault would hit Shimmick in the head against the glass. Immediately follow that up, cross-check, right into the side, right in the abdomen. And Shimmick is off to the dressing room. Not only did either of those call or either of those plays get a call, there was zero response from the Sharks. No one went after Marchessault, despite the fact that if you go back and look at the tape, he was waiting. He was sitting there, head on a swivel, going, okay, who's going to come after me? I'm this little 5'9 guy on skates. Nobody came. They well, hold on, you, let me, well, let me finish. Okay, go ahead. They lose Shimmick for the remainder of the game. The Sharks managed one shot on goal through the first 12 minutes of the second. Hurdle would get but one back at the end, uh, marking – I'd have to go back and look at the stats for the team all time. Can't be very often that one player scored both the very first goal of the of a, their you know first away game – and then scores the first goal in their first home game, but Hurdle pulled it off. Uh, so you're talking about Shimmick and Marchessault. Yeah, well, I don't think, I mean, it's definitely worth being outraged about just because you don't like to see anybody get injured like that. But are we at all surprised? Are we at all surprised this happened considering how much of a a rat that Marchessault is? I mean, I'm not, I'm not surprised by that. I'm shocked. Sort oh, of. Uh, no, I'm, I'm shocked, sort of, that there was zero response from the Sharks. Yeah, I'm not. Because, you know, like I said, March is so, he's a rat. He's pulled this many times, and we could get into it, but we would be here for an hour. <laughs> where, you know, you know that this guy is going to, he's going to pull some shit. And, you know, there was this whole thing, oh, well, we're starting Gabriel. And, and make no mistake, Curtis Gabriel, great guy, great player, awesome person. But, okay, he's going into the lineup, and it's like, all right, you know, we're not really screwing around here. We're not going to let, you know, from Bugner's perspective, it's like we're not going to be pushed around here. 
and the sharks were pushed around. Like mm-hmm. the best that happened was, you know, he was he was yapping with with Ryan Reeves a little bit, which is great. I mean, I I love someone who can run their mouth as much as the next person, but it's like if I was on the ice and Marsha so took my guy out like that, oh, I'm over there in a second. Exactly. You know what I mean? And you know, we've now seen this with Shimmick. You remember last year to start the preseason, Evander Kane was getting pushed around by Vegas. Nobody stepped up. Mike Hoffman was bugging the crap out of Eric Carlson. Nobody stepped up. Now, what's the common denominator there? Those three players aren't part of like that OG original core, whatever you want to say, but it doesn't matter. They all still, they still wear the same sweater, the same color. They're all teammates and boys. Like, even if you don't like the guy, if you're wearing the same jersey, you have to play for him. Mm-hmm. It's so it, it, no. it's frustrating to see. It's like on one hand, it's frustrating because it's like, you know, like I said, you're supposed to stand up for your people, but at the same time, I'm not really surprised because, you know, once Brendan Dillon and Barkley Goodrow left the team, you know, it was like, okay, open season again. We can push these guys around and nobody's gonna do anything about it. You know the in recent memory, you know the only person I can recall stepping up for a teammate is Dylan Gambrell. And I don't know if you remember, but last year he challenged Matt Dumba, which is a huge mismatch, but he still did it, you know? Yeah, there's so, there's nobody on this team right now that you would classify as a, a Brendan Dillon, a Ryan Klo, a somebody, you know, somebody who's going to stand up and, like, be the heavy. Yeah, and that's not to say – that's not – like, you don't need somebody who is – you know, comparable to a statue out there where it's just like, you know, their feet don't move and you just sort of push them around. Like you don't need one of those people, but you need, <laughs> I am you need offended somebody. by your description of John Scott, but go ahead. <laughs> but what I mean is you, you need somebody like, and like you, you mentioned Ryan Klo and Brendan Dillon and Barkley Goodrell where it's like, yeah, okay. Like those guys, you know, if, if they had to, you know, if they had to have words with you, they could, but, you know, they were going to beat you on the score sheet or they were going to beat you in the defensive zone as well, you know? Exactly. It's not a, a one-dimensional thing. Well, uh, it didn't get much better in the third period. The Sharks didn't generate much, plus the Sharks at this point, of course, only have five defensemen with Shimmick being out. And then EK65 would end up missing the final 11.5 of the game. 11.5, uh, kind of ironic. Uh, the Sharks go 0 for 3 on the power play and end up giving up three power play goals. Not good. <laughs> and what happens afterwards? That's right. More truth bombs from my buddy Kevin Kurz, who says defenseman Eric Carlson did not skate for the final 11 and a half minutes of the third period in the Sharks 3 1 loss to Vegas on Saturday. Was it a benching for Carlson's? pillow soft play on the penalty kill Uh, no one would have been surprised if Carlson's absence might have been punishment from a demanding coach Bob Bugner considering the 11 and a half million defensemen's lackluster and lackadaisical play through the first month of the season on Saturday Carlson was on the ice for all three of Vegas's power play markers and happened to be the closest Sharks player to each of the Golden Knight goal scorers too Rock. Well, and as we, sorry, I just wanted to say really quick. As we say, you know, two things can be true. You're saying is Carlson hurt or is he benched? And we've seen in the past where Carlson will play even if he is hurt. So the fact that he didn't, I kind of think that that proves your point in a way. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, but Rock, 
At this point, are you tired of the Vegas Golden Knights living rent-free in Evander Kane's head? No. No, I don't think... You know what I'm tired of is this, this goon mentality, I think, is spreading. I feel like the Vegas Knights are trying to sort of fashion themselves. Uh, they're going to find their identity, and they're they're just trying to be the, the 2020s version of uh, the Philadelphia Flyers in their Broad Street Bullies era. <laughs> they just all, I mean, like, I was watching this game, and I'm still watching this game again. It's like the third time I've watched this game. And they're all just a bunch of assholes. I mean, like, every every 90 seconds I'm screaming, why has it got to be White Cloud? You know, like, this is a terrible fucking team. This is like the bad news bears. You know I what's hate- funny, though, is that if you go back to the playoffs that Vegas played in, White Cloud was the scapegoat. He, that, that guy made a lot of bad plays at the and wrong time. he still times. does. Now yeah, he's well, just, you know, catch, yeah, catch, he, fever. He took the penalty that cost them the series against, I believe, Dallas. Oh, so, so yeah, yeah. Vegas fans everywhere are going, why has it got to be White Cloud then, huh? Yeah, I oh. so. Well, fuck that guy. <laughs> <sighs> well, look. <laughs> It comes down to uh, uh, if you're Peter DeBoer and Steve's spot, what's your level of like, fuck you at the end of this game? Let, you know, like sitting there going, hey, first time back to a- uh, SAP. Like maybe I wasn't the problem, bitches. Was I the easy scapegoat? Because look, haven't coached this team in over a year and you still got the same problems. If I'm PDB, oh, yeah. I'm, dude, I'm mic dropping out of that. Yeah, mm. you know, I, I I take my two points and I get back on my bicycle and I'm out of there. <laughs> Your bicycle. <laughs> I want to ride my bicycle. Uh, look, okay. Final notes after these three. Ga- look, over three games, the Sharks still couldn't find a win in regulation. There was so much talk of Jones needing to be better five on five, and then the Sharks cop up six power play goals in their last two games. Chief was good five on five. <laughs> it was just a penalty kill that went out the window. Now, this was the home opener for the Sharks, right? Uh, if you're Martin Jones and Eric Carlson, how happy are you that there weren't fans in the building? <laughs> because, you know, Opening night, there's you know there's on ice projection, lots of pomp and circumstance, but they introduce the entire team, even if you're not playing, just everybody on the roster and the coach, and and in fact, Doug Wilson would probably be happy that they don't say you know and general manager Doug Wilson because uh, right now, I'm telling you, I think there would have been a fair amount of booze when Martin Jones and Eric Carlson's <laughs> names were called. It's a, it's a good thing that the food and beverage staff there takes your bottle cap away. <laughs> Ooh, yowza. And that there's netting on both ends, right? Oof. Uh. Uh, look, I mean, a lot of people are calling right now for, for Doug Wilson's firing. And, you know, it's understandable when you look at these horrific contracts, but I'm always going to have two questions when you do it. Who do you hire to replace him? And how does whoever replaces him, how are they not handcuffed by the contracts that Doug Wilson has doled out over the last five years? I mean, we can sit there and say, fire Wilson, fire Bugner, trade Jones, EK, and Vlasic. I mean, the hot takery bakery is fully open. I get that. But, like, you have to have a little bit behind it. And 
you know, show your work, do some homework. But if you want to fire Wilson, who who's going to fix this? Well, let me make an example for you. So let's say, you know, I've got the, I don't even know. I think I have the iPhone 8 Plus. And what are you, Amish? Let's just, sure. And, <laughs> you know, let's just say, oh, you know, um, you know, the power button gets stuck. The speaker doesn't work. Sometimes <laughs> there's a black spot on the touch screen. You know, it's not really working for me. Do you want it? Like anybody you say that to, they're going to tell you to go take a hike. Like you could say, oh, we got to trade Eric Carlson. We got to trade Mark Vlasic. And it's like, all right. Find me the person who? who's going. Yeah. Find me the person that's going to say, yeah, give me that. Yeah, I know. And, and what's the guarantee on that? I mean, dude, Ray Ferraro, TSN Overdrive, absolutely torched EK65 and Martin Jones this last week, pointing out that $53 million of the $92 million contract that Carlson has, that's guaranteed money. Oof. That gets paid regardless of how shitty he plays. They also mentioned that before leaving Ottawa, Eric Carlson was a surefire lock for the Hall of Fame. And now they're asking, um, can you be in the Hall of Fame at the last seven years of your deal? You're basically a write-off. <laughs> and the whole thing is, the funniest part, the TSN guys, they're saying the same shit that I was saying months ago. You know, he doesn't have the speed that he used to. He can't outskate his mistakes anymore. Now, whether his ego or his brain hasn't processed that yet, whatever. And then to make matters worse, we got NHL radio talking that Wilson is just too buddy-buddy with Hasso Plotner for any changes to be made. What do we do? We're screwed for a decade then, right, Rocket? Yeah, and I think about that um, as I drive to work and stuff, you know, while I'm sitting lonely in my car. It it haunts me as I brush my teeth in the morning. It's just one of those things where you just have to sit with and think like this is this is it. This is this is the state of things. This is how it is going to be until we don't have Eric Carlson anymore. This is it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you, you remember fifteen sixteen? We're not ever gonna have that. We're not gonna have that until twenty thirty six. <laughs> still be at SAP uh, Chris saying is there ever a case where a GM being fired doesn't mean the next guy inherits problems that's usually inherent in the matter no, it's absolutely right but that's that's the problem I just why does AJ have a male Karen haircut fuck dude damn wow <laughs> wow well, it I can't can do it that was, came out of was... nowhere Wow, it was what Satan. Are, what do you expect? What are, I know, dude. Can we get God in on the fucking Jesus? <laughs> anyway, what what is a male Karen? Would that be an Aaron? Oh damn! I think it might be shit. Oh wow! Oh, I'm I'm screwed. <laughs> All right, You're gonna have to call an ambulance. <laughs> the ambulance. Uh, look. The Sharks are back in the basement in the Western Division. They sit 28th in the NHL in goal differential. I mean, we're 13 games in, kids. Tomorrow against Anaheim will mark the quarter pole. And between now and the halfway point, the Sharks are going to play 15 games. Two of them are going to be Colorado. Three of them are going to be Ari or, uh, Arizona. Sorry, Three are going to be Anaheim. Five are going to be against St. Louis. Five are going to be against Vegas. For those of you not paying attention to the standings, those four teams are currently the top four in the division by way of points. 
<laughs> the Sharks have played 13 games. You want to guess how many of those the Sharks have allowed three or more goals? 11. It's 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 not good. Okay. Bad team plays bad. More at 11. <laughs> okay. Oh, right. I love you too, Shatan. I mean Satan. I mean whatever. <laughs> oh, let's just finish off a few more stats here. Look, over 13 over the 13 games, the power play 7 for 4, they're 15%. The penalty kill 77. Now, if you listen to Drew Remenda, he says when you average up those, if they exceed 100, you're going to win more often than you don't. These numbers are not over 100, people, when you add them up. It's bad. The power play is still 22nd this week. I shouldn't say still. It's now 22nd. It was 20th a week ago. The penalty kill was 4th was a week ago. It has fallen to 22nd. That is a precipitous drop okay martin jones right now 396 goals against and 867 on the season in his last three starts it's actually 848 and the dude has been pulled three of nine starts this season conversely devin dubnik 271 with a 917 much better much better why are you injured i don't know what's going on uh, let's get into period scoring. The Sharks have outscored their competition 13 to 11 in the first period. They have been outscored 21 to seven. That's right, three to one in the second period. Right now, 15 to 10 in the third. So two to one in the third. Are you kidding me? The Sharks are five, seven, and one right now. Would you like to know what they were after 13 games last season? Four, eight, and one. So they're one game better. So for all of you who harped on jerk. <laughs> And, and and said, uh, you, you know, Jerk say, Jerk never said that they were going to make the playoffs. He just said they would be better than last season, and right now they are one game better. Hey, you know what? I'm just saying, would you rather break both of your arms or just one arm? <laughs> they, don't, they don't ask how. They ask how many. <sighs> now, the best part, here's what I wrote. December of 2019 on tealtownusa.com. Hashtag shameless plug. After 38 games played, the San Jose Sharks are at the bottom of the Western Conference. The team looks uninterested despite a coaching change while the power play has scored only twice in their last 40, 42 opportunities. Parse those numbers down to a to compacted season. I bet you they're almost identical. I'm just saying. <sighs> Who's hot? Who's not? Okay. Devin Dubnik, you're hot because you didn't play this week. So, you know, you couldn't get any worse. Uh, but it right now, Jerk, is he a trade piece? I mean, the the, the trade deadline is going to be here before you know it. And right now, this team does not have a lot. Of, look, the Sharks are not making the playoffs. All right? You need to move what, some pieces. What, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, let's face reality. That's a de Devin Dubnik could be a potentially a decent trade piece. If if it, <laughs> that's the thing is values are weird at the trade deadline. You know, somebody may look at Devin Dubnik and say, "Well, yeah, you know, he's a backup goalie. We'll give you a fourth for him." But what if that team's starter gets injured? Then all of a sudden you're in a pinch. Mm -hmm. So it 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 is unfortunate because. I think if Dubnik had, if Dubnik was not a pending unrestricted free agent, like let's say he had another year or two, I almost wonder if the Sharks found a way to throw Martin Jones overboard and keep Dubnik. But 
that's not the hand that we were dealt. So, yes, I would say so. Dubnik ultimately will probably get moved um, at the deadline, assuming things stay on the course they are, which there's no reason to think they won't. Um, and then probably what you'll do is, you know, Melnichuk and Kovarnash, well, they'll probably just, you know, they'll probably tag in and out on the taxi squad to play backup. Um, and that's... You know, in that situation, you're just hoping that the Sharks get good value for him. Um, if you're asking me, if you're asking me, what is good value? We're not there yet. Um, <laughs> Thank you, John King. By the way, I should point out that uh, it was mentioned. Dubnik has a no trade clause. Now, this is not the same handcuffed BS that some of the other guys have. It is a ten-team no trade list. So I, I think we're we, we can find some dance partners within that. There's still, and and here there's, that's the thing. Okay, so 21 team, or I'm sorry, 20 teams. He can still go to, you know, free and clear. You know, we're not and, asking. And remind me, how many teams make the playoffs? Uh, 16. There you go. Also, too, just because a team is on his no trade list, you know, every contract is different. Sometimes your trade list is sent in at the beginning, and that's it. Sometimes you update it every year. So. Maybe, and I'm just throwing an example out here, but let's just say for fun, you know, even though Montreal doesn't need a player like Devin Dubnik, Montreal was probably a crappy team when he made his no trade list. Now they're pretty good. So if it's a situation like that, he can be like, ah, you know what? You you can trade me there. I give you my permission. It's not a full capital N, capital O. It's just like, yeah, if you want to trade me there, you need my permission kind of thing. So mm-hmm. yes, only twenty teams free and clear, but no reason the other ten couldn't get a couldn't get a uh, get a look either. <laughs> a scotch. Yes. Plus if they're plus if if one of those ten no no teams is in the playoffs and you're a pending UFA, who cares? Tough it out for two months. I'm saying it. Uh also no on the hot team. list uh, Logan Couture, three goals, two assists over the last five games, has averaged 60% in the dot this week. So at least you're getting it done there. Uh, Tomas Hurdle, uh, the, of course, on the hot list because he's the only Shark to score in two of three games this week. Uh, Brent Burns, twice this week, played nearly half the game. I'm sure that's completely sustainable throughout the entire season. And finally, Ferraro, Super Mario, second on the team in ice time. I would argue the most consistent shark through 13 games. Now, yep. on the not-so-hot list, Evander Kane. I mean, yeah, he scored a huge game last Tuesday to send it to overtime. He still lets Vegas live rent-free in his head, and he's still picking up stupid penalties. Ugh. Uh, Martin Jones, not so hot. Uh, let's see. Jonas Hedberg got canned. We now have Yevgeny Nabokov. We've got uh, Francilia. At some point, maybe it's you. I'm saying. Uh, Mark well, Edward Vlasic. Dude, you you've been dropped to the bottom pair. Your ice time's been reduced. I mean, I don't do do we need to like I don't know have a have a plane a skywriter sent up before you get the message that you need to be better. I don't know. And finally, EK sixty five, dude. Just dude. In fact, let's get into how's your Pavelski? The weekly comparison that we've been doing. This has been fantastic. After twelve games played, did you know? Joe Pavelski has 17 points, nine goals, eight assists. Of his 17 points, 11 have come on the power play. 11. 
You know, a fun fact, Joe Pavelski and Klingberg from the Dallas Stars have the same amount of points on the power play that the top seven Sharks have on the power play. Would you like to know how many Sharks have points on the power play? Eight, just to let you know. Uh, this last week, Joe Pavelski's name is being mentioned as a heart finalist from the Central. From the North, Tim Stutzla is getting mentions for the Calder, as is Josh Norris. If you don't know who those players are, look it up. Josh Norris was part of the EK trade. Stutzla, was that not the pick that Ottawa used as part of the EK trade? Yep. I'm, okay. Conversely, over 13 games, Evander Kane, uh, Evander Kane, excuse me, Eric Carlson now has four assists. Three of those assists came in losses. Of those four, one is a primary assist. Four points in 13 games means that Eric Carlson is now on pace for 17 points over 56 games. That would equal 25 points in a regular season. That is the worst he will have ever done in a season where he played 50 or more games. And hey, he tweaked something. Let's see if he hits the 50-game mark this season. I don't know. It, it, it's, have I Rocket, are you aboard the bus now? The EK65, this contract sucks bus. Oh, I've been on it for quite some time. I just haven't been real vocal about my, my seat on the bus is all. You know, I don't want to be too. It's never fashionable to be the first one to a party. Do you know what I'm saying? So I never want to complain too early. I need to wait for, you know, a dozen or so people to show up and start complaining before I can go and mingle with them. Uh, Jerk, you talked about purchasing a bus pass last week. Are you ready to use it? Uh, you know what? It's uh, it's in my wallet, um, but uh, my wallet is on standby. So, oh, shit. you know, we're just we're waiting and seeing. It's not it's not looking good. You know, I was I was thinking, um, you know, I was thinking I was going to be able to, you know, get a ride to where I need to go. <clears> but <throat> I think I think the bus might be the way to go. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Uh, let's get into some sharks announcement here. I know we're, we're, we're running late. Uh, as mentioned on last week's show, the sharks finally announced their heritage and reverse retro Jersey schedules. Jesus Christ. Did that take forever? So on the heritage side, it will be worn for eight games against every other team in this West division, except Anaheim and Colorado. Not really sure why. Seems a little odd to wear it against Minnesota, but not Anaheim. You would think you would wear it against somebody that's in the normally the Pacific Division, but whatever. Uh, on the flip side, reverse retro will be worn only four times, twice against St. Louis, twice against Vegas. Now, if you remember the reverse retro jerseys, these are supposed to be like set aside for quote-unquote rivalry games. Now, it kind of makes sense because, you know, the Sharks have played the Blues more than any other team in the playoffs. So, yeah, I get that. And we're all familiar with the rivalry that the Sharks have with Vegas. I just think it's funny that the Sharks are going to be wearing a crest that didn't, or that uh, against a team that didn't exist when that crest was primary for the Sharks. But anyway, uh, if you didn't get a chance to see it, boom, there's your ice at the arena. Very nice. The 30th logo looks beautiful. Am I right? Looks solid, right? Solid. That's awesome. Mm. I, I the the sharks. You know the sharks really like to let you know how invested in corporate sponsors they are. So I really, <laughs> so I really, I'm I really do like how they kind of went for the, the, 
not so annoying in your face approach here of having it blend into those covers there. Right now? Yeah. Uh, the Sharks also announced their schedule for their warm-up jerseys. Uh, for those that don't know, the Sharks usually skate during warm-ups in custom jerseys about seven or eight times a season, and the jerseys are sold at auction the night of the game. The previous in-game auctions featured a buy-it-now price, some of them, like Joe Thornton and whatnot, going for upwards of three grand. Now, the kicker of this was that you had to be at the game in order to bid. Obviously, in a COVID world, these are going to be an online auction. These prices are going to skyrocket, I would imagine. And, uh, Jerk, uh, <laughs> what's your ceiling for an uprising jersey right now? <sighs> Have you gotten that tax return yet, buddy? <laughs> it's. Uh, I do know it's pending. Um, I was... <laughs> I was t- I was talking to my uh, my finance guy. I, um, he had on the green visor and everything, and uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he he was working his adding machine like you wouldn't believe. Um, Abacus. I don't know. Um, I mean, my whole philosophy on that is like it's such a <laughs> special like, is, jersey. Is, I don't is Dalton really... Prout still on the team? Can we get yeah, a Dalton? Because like, that has to be made right because these are from last season. So there's got to be a Dalton Prout. You might get lucky. You'd think. Well, that's the thing is, you know, you. my whole thing is like, okay, it's such a beautiful jersey design. I don't really care who's on it. But, I mean, is it <laughs> going to be a situation where it's like, oh, here's Nikolai Kanijov and, um, <laughs> you know, Stefan Nason, um, 950, please. Like, <laughs> if that's the case, then, you know, we're not going to be having it. I mean... I don't but, know if I can if I can squeak out of there for under seven fifty. I think I'd be okay, but I think that's wishful thinking. Wow. But here's the wow. here, but here's the thing though is that if those jerseys are from a year ago, so there could very well be a Dalton Prout amongst the bunch. Do you think that they created some extras so they have like Shmulevsky or uh, who else Donato? Like, aren't you going to be a little triggered if there's not a Donato in that group? Um, I'm just maybe, saying. but yeah, I, maybe. I've already decided Donato is going on my reverse retro, so I can live with it. Oh, okay. Mm. There you go. Mm. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> well, and speaking of which, the Sharks did put up game worn stealth jerseys. They threw those up for sale on Friday. They were gone in five minutes, uh, with the exception of Kevin LeBanc, which lasted about twenty. But anyway, <laughs> poor bastard. Uh, we still love you. We still love you, except for when. We don't. Well, I was going to say, how many times have you heard Rocket's voice in your head saying, Kevin LeBanc, Kevin LeBanc stay out of the box for stupid shit. <laughs> All right. La penalty. La penalty. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, so around the NHL, some guy named Joe Thornton is returning to the Maple Leafs lineup tomorrow after missing 10 games. Uh, team just happens to be at the top of the division. So, uh okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, we talked about guys, it. It's been five years. You should know that I'm purposely jaded against any former shark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we did talk about it on Twitter earlier today. Uh, I'm just going to assume that this is Jerk's last show because it was announced earlier this week that the Coyotes terminated the contract of assistant GM and EVP of hockey ops, Steve Sullivan. So uh, would you like an announcement that you're going to make an announcement? What are you doing? Or did uh, it just not come I, away? I can't. I can't get into it right now. <laughs> oh, I said NDP. Okay. Uh, yeah. Mm. 
Uh, speaking of the Oats, the Blues will play the Coyotes for the seventh straight time tomorrow. I mean, how great, Rocket, would it have been if this schedule compacted was just filled with eight-game series? Four away, four home. Four away, four home. Four home, four away. Whatever. I think it, it would be, God, it would be an entirely different approach to how hockey is coached. Because Ooh. you're... It becomes a chess match, not necessarily a, a, a sprint. I mean, yeah, points are points, but the more you really strategize against a team, the more you can assuredly beat them, you know, in five games or less and keep them beaten. So um, I think that it definitely would be a new edge to the game because it would change up the psychology of it without actually changing any of the rules. You think by like the fourth game, some teams are like, okay, who knows how to throw hands? You're getting called up. <laughs> Essentially. And you see in the playoffs too, like even the the team that some would consider the underdog, if they can find a way to rattle the opponent in game mm-hmm. one, it could set the set the pace for the entire series. So, you know, let's just, you know, in this hypothetical world, let's say the Sharks play an eight game series against Colorado and, you know, bang out a five zero win in game one, you know that for at least game two, Colorado's gonna be like super hyper focused on not letting yep. in five goals again. Hmm. And so I like when they do let five goals in again, it feels real good. Like a tiger uh in the Valentine spirit here, uh roses are red, violets are blue, fuck St. Louis, purple Yotes rule. <laughs> what if it was purple? All right. Uh, for those of you who did not see the, the monstrosity that occurred on some people's TVs the other night, the Vegas Golden Knights, these things, (laughs) they whipped out gold lids. Now they were shut out in these horrific monstrosities against the ducks. I mean, I don't know if that means they're going to keep the C3PO lids or not. The best article regarding these things <laughs> came uh, on Twitter that said, the Vegas Golden Knights cannot keep getting away with making horrific uniform decisions. <laughs> yes, they can. They're Vegas. <laughs> I thought it was brand. great. I mean, just l- look at these things. I mean, Jesus Christ. These things, how can you not get distracted? In fact, can we zoom in a little bit on these? Oh, Jesus Christ. The weekend got trapped in there? <laughs> Oh my lord! Oh. Oh. That is that is awesome. No wonder, no wonder. I'm just saying. Scout the interpreter. Ugh, that's right. Uh, a little bit more around the NHL. Uh, Philly Flyers legend Ron Hextall is the new GM in. I'm sorry, Pittsburgh. <laughs> do, do you understand that that would be like Owen Nolan becoming the GM in Las Vegas? But okay, uh, it's all about that paycheck. Mm. telling you uh, oh boy noted favorite of one miss rocket backhander Bo Horvat refuted the idea that the Vancouver Canucks are playing shitty because players are upset that they lost key teammates this season including goalie Jacob Markstrom defenseman Chris Tanev Troy Stetcher and of course Tyler Toffoli uh, they all left Vancouver's free agents. It doesn't help things, of course, that Markstrom has defeated the Canucks twice this season, while Tyler Toffoli has scored eight of his nine goals this year in five games against Vancouver. And uh, let me see. Their record sucks, and they only have six wins, and three of them came against the lowly Ottawa Senators. Yeah, I What the hell bad. happened to Vancouver? <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't. I have no idea how the wheels fell off that train. Maybe just being in the All Canada Division is is freaking them out. You know, oh. like they're not used to the horizontal. They're just used to the vertical, and it's really bothering them. Jesus. Uh, well, I, I, you see here what it, what, <laughs> what had happened was <laughs> what had um, happened was they they had an opportunity. The Vancouver Canucks did. They had an opportunity to keep the good players they acquired by getting rid of the bad players they already had. And, you know, they kind of looked around and they're like, well, why would we do that? And I mean, that's the lot in life they're in. You know, they, you know, they acquired a goal scorer who meshed perfectly, let him go. The starting goalie who was their MVP the last two seasons, they let him go. And, you know, Chris Tanev, he's not a sexy name by any stretch, but he's kind of similar to similar to the Shimmick or the Justin Hall in Toronto, where it's like they're they're not really anybody you've ever heard of, but they play with a pretty notable defenseman and they do a good job at holding it down. And so it's just like like I get it. Like you gotta navigate the salary cap, but especially in the case of Jacob Markstrom, players who are that valuable to you, valuable enough to be your MVP. You kind of just have to give them whatever they want. Mm. That's what happens when you play in Ottawa. No? Everybody? Okay. Uh, moving on. In a game between the Rangers and the Bruins last week, for some reason, Boston goalie Tuka Rass decided he was done. And with just under a minute left in a 2-2 game, he started skating toward the bench until everybody on the bench said, Get the fuck back in there. What are you doing? I have never seen a goaltender more nonchalantly skate back. He obviously thought they were down by one instead of being tied. Go look for that clip on YouTube because it is hysterical. Ugh, I don't know what the hell he's thinking. Uh, the NHL is considering making changes to the draft lottery system. Does it need to be changed? I kind of I like it. I like the idea of no team can move up more than three spots. Because many have pointed out, isn't it kind of unfair, Rocket, if the team that finishes 17th all of a sudden gets a number one pick? That doesn't seem quite right. But, I mean, that's why it's a lottery. Nobody said it was fair. Well, (sighs) it's only the 15 teams that are 15, bottom 15 that are in the lottery. Whatever. Either way, (laughs) the, the team that just misses... All of a sudden, they you know they they finished with twenty three more points than another team, and they get the number one pick. Now I'm all about like no, none of this you know lose for Hughes or any of that bullshit. Like I don't want to see anybody tank on purpose. But that's I, why there's a lottery. <clears throat> yeah, mm-hmm. but it, but and I get that. But didn't the lottery also give like Edmonton like the number one pick in three or in two out of three? draft like i like the idea yeah, but of, they were also the worst team all those years mm-hmm. well, for, and whose fault is that my friend look at i mean if you want if you if you want a case study on why the draft lottery is a good thing to have just look at the buffalo sabers from 2013 2014 i mean that's the perfect case study right there like they and even fourteen, fifteen as well. They basically, in so many words, said like, "Yeah, you know, we don't think winning is in our best interest." You know, I think, <laughs> especially in in especially in thirteen, fourteen, any goalie that won more than one game in a row, I'm pretty sure got dealt. 
So, <laughs> you know, it, there's obvious reasons for it. But I and and I like I don't know that I like the idea of the 15th place team winning a top three pick. But I think, you know, it 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 kind of deters people from that tanking just because everybody has a chance, albeit a differently weighted chance. I, I just think if I anything, don't I don't want to see need the... to tweak the percentages a bit. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to see uh, the same team win the number one pick more than once every five years. I think that, like, you know, if you get two or three, okay, fine. I don't think you should get the number one pick twice in, in three years, but that's just me. Well, and they, they talked about they talked about that being one of the tweaks where it's like if you if you won a top three pick, then you basically weren't eligible. Even if you missed the playoffs again, you weren't eligible for the draft lottery the immediate year after you won a top three pick. There you go. I'm good with that. No, unless, no, unless of no, course, back back unless of course you're in the top three again. <laughs> <laughs> then, <laughs> then it's like yeah, you. you have to worry about. <sighs> All right. Uh, the NHL hopes to keep next week's NHL outdoors in Lake Tahoe game scheduled that is, as is, but they do have options. Should they before should they be forced to replace teams? Uh, the New York Rangers are evidently one option. There has been no decision yet, but a team source says they are willing if needed. We'll see if that ends up going off without a hitch. I hope it does. Yikes. Um, all right, there was some shit that happened last week with the Dallas Mavericks. The Dallas Stars felt the need to issue a statement. It all had to do with the National Anthem, and we move on. Uh, last Tuesday morning, Bell Media flipped the switch at three stations from regular programming to ESPN Radio, with the staff being alerted that their station was being gutted like that morning. <laughs> Vancouver, Winnipeg, and Hamilton were the stations that were really impacted. Uh, of note, none of those stations had the rights to, uh, the, you know, the radio rights to uh, stream or broadcast their, you know, that that station from TSN. They didn't have the rights to the Jets. TSN 1040 didn't have the Canucks rights. Uh, does this further prove that narrow casting is the future rocket? Like, do you want to? You know, when I say narrow casting, like there's a variety of topics. Say that. Say that Rocket enjoys music, but Rocket enjoys hearing about 80s new wave and punk and maybe some like 90s grunge stuff. But and that that's like Rocket's wheelhouse. But there's a station that will talk about those, but they also focus on like 80s hair metal and like Madonna's mm. lifetime career. And like seventies funk, and and you're like, you know, I'm not really interested in that. I just want to hear about what I'm interested in, so I'm not going to listen to that. Is that? It, are we just narrow casting is the future? Yay. Um, I don't know if I. Uh, I guess if you want to call it that, yes, because it offers people a more tailored experience. Uh, they get to really listen to what they want to. And then it also offers up, as creators, it offers up more chance for intersectionality as well, where you can take you know, your point of view from something with something that you really like and you uh, create content out of that for people to enjoy. So you, it's really not about seeking out the mainstream. It's just about you know, doing the one thing 
one thing well and then finding the intersectionality to just fill in the little pockets, the niche. This is yeah. the era of, yeah, it's cottage industry for sure now. Yeah, I just, you know, there is a rumor. You may have heard about it that the Bay Area has two sports stations, sports talk stations. I can neither confirm or deny these rumors, but they talk about everything other than the Sharks. So why would I listen to them? I'm going to listen to things that I want to listen specifically about. That's why I kind of lean towards narrow casting. Dan O'Toole from TSN's Jay and Dan lit up Bell Media after being fired last week. Uh, specifically targeting their whole Bell Let's Talk Twitter hashtag about mental health, saying, you know, yeah, I'm sure it's really good for mental health to let people know they've been fired by way of Twitter the morning that they've been fired and they didn't even get a direct tweet. They, like, heard about it from somebody else. I mean, uh, jerk, that's probably good for mental health, right, to, like, not even be given a heads up, just like you just wake up and, oh, wow, I don't have a job anymore. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, you know, in a pandemic when money's tight and everybody's a little more on edge than everything, you know, I certainly I it's my ideal situation to be put even further on edge. I mean, if you're going to fire me, let me know as late as possible. Um, that way, <laughs> that way, you know, I mean, you have the least have, amount of time for prep. Yeah, you know what? You know, what? it gives me less time to be nervous about where my next meal is going to come from. You know what I mean? So right. just saying it, it, it's just. It's ridiculous, you know, and I mean, I don't think, I, I mean, I like to think that that wasn't Bell Media's plan is to, you know, let people know they've been fired by virtue of a, you know, non-personal press release. Um, but it, it happened the way that it happened. And, you know, somebody at Bell Media needs to, you know, they need to eat some, they need to eat a shit sandwich is what they need to do, honestly. <laughs> Ew. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, it, like I said, you know, like if, you know, what if we're, you know, if, if we're wrapping up the show and it's like, oh, you know what? Uh, Landy, we're so sorry. And like, no, that's not going to happen. You know what I mean? It's just, you, no. you just don't, regardless of what it is, you don't, if you're going to fire somebody, like, fire them one-on-one. -on -one. Don't yeah. do it through impersonal press release. Dude, I almost feel like <laughs> Bell Media was just kind of like, you know what? Fanatics gets a bad rap. Let's fix that. <laughs> like we're gonna make them look better by doing this. But like, anyway. did the the these people who were let go, you know, like for all we know, some of these people, you know, maybe they're they're doing their work from home. Like, what if they're getting ready to fire up the computer that day for work, and then they realize they've been fired? Like, are they even allowed back into the office to collect their shit? That's what I'm yes. saying, dude. They 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 had they were given thirty minutes. That that. They said they were given 30 minutes before security measures would be implement, implemented, so they suggest they get a move on. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll tell you, look, I, I was a big TSN 1040 guy. Uh, it all began with the playoffs between the Canucks and the Bruins back in 2011 and uh, got to uh, the friend Matt Baker. On, I mean, he used to do the nighttime show, but Sakaris and Price, that was just – Throughout the 2011 playoffs, those, those guys were just appointment radio. So I'm, I'm really hoping those guys uh, find a new spot really quickly because the, the solid guys to listen to. Well, and, and you know, as much as Bell Media has kind of shot themselves in the foot this last week, like on that, on the opposite note, 
you know, for those who don't know, I mean, nobody will come out and publicly say it, but between TSN and Sportsnet in Canada, I mean, it's a competition, you know, for who can provide better coverage, better hockey coverage. And so for, I, I can't recall the analyst who, who made the point to bring it up, but there was a Sportsnet analyst who actually said, look, you know, in this situation, it's not a competition. We're all colleagues. And you Oh, know, yeah, Randy Hahn. Yeah, Randy Hahn retweeted it. Yeah, you know, like this, like in this case, it's not a competition. Like there are colleagues, there are friends, and we hope they can get back on track. And I think right there, like solid move by that guy's part. But also, like, I think that just goes to show you the stark contrast in the uh, the culture around losing your job between the two companies. Mm. You're, you're right. Uh, finally, we do before we uh, finish it off, we have one more hockey team in San Jose to talk about. Barracuda. Uh, it, I'm not going to lie, kids. It hasn't been good for the San Jose's Barracuda. <laughs> they opened the season last Sunday. They've got four games in the books right now with only one win. Joachim Blickfeld right now leads the team in goals and assists with three each. But to find out more about them, you can check out our latest installment of in the reef with kevin lacy and nick nolenberger that ran last thursday so just a couple days ago go check that out if you want to find out what is going on with the barracuda but uh it would be nice to see them turn things on just to scotch just a scooch and uh oh crap all right i'm gonna throw it to the chat here because i love chris and he likes to stir the pot so let's see what chris has to say I don't say this much because you'll get angry replies, but I haven't been down with Bell Let's Talk for years since my Canadian co-workers let me know what an evil fucking company they are. So there you go. Uh, and now we all know. Yeah, and if you're going to say anything, that's Chris. I'm just saying, Chris knows this shit. So uh, it's time to wrap this show up. Again, we have to uh, apologize to our affiliates that we ran long, but that's the way it is. Final thoughts, which of course is no longer the final thoughts segment. It's the hey, let's look at social media and find out what comments were being said. Jerk. Oh, I love you. So let's get down to our comments of the week. I mean, yeah, fuck. I was gonna say, call it I, play I, of the week. I, I, I heard that there was a triple header. Yeah, triple header hat trick, if you will. So one of my favorite comments this week was, "Hey, the team store site is down." Why is the team store's site down? I've had no luck finding an answer. Well, that's clearly because you don't follow Teal Town USA. And I don't know, look at the website, which told you <laughs> like three weeks ago after an interview with Doug Bentz that the site was shutting down and that everything well, was moving over to SJ Team Shop. It, it should also be said that that first post was posted onto the San Jose Sharks subreddit, which is also where... Your article was posted. Yeah. So, you know, I I've had no luck finding an answer. Then you know what? You're not fucking looking hard enough is what I'm saying. Fair. Anyway. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> then f coming from Facebook, hey, we got a 52-game season and already have 34 postponed games. So how do we make these games up? Jerk, have fun. Well, first of all, it's a 56-game season, not a 52-game season. We got their numbers. Uh, yeah. Secondly, uh, Every team plays 56 games. It's not 56 games total. So <laughs> if, it was it? A 
if it was a 56-game total season, I believe I crunched the numbers, I think every team would play one and a half games. I don't know about you. That's not very good for determining playoff positioning. Um, and, okay, 30, 34 postponed games. That's 100% correct. But, again, when you break it down, I think the leader in postponed games might be, I can't recall which team, but I think they've only had four games postponed. So, again, it's not ideal, but it's easy to make up. But, you know, also to kind of wrap it up. So let's just say, for argument's sake, okay, let's say it's a 52-game season for whatever reason. Sure. And the Sharks have already had 34 games postponed. Well, we haven't reached game 34 yet. So how is that possible? You can't postpone a game that hasn't, like, (laughs) hasn't happened. You know? Again, Oh, you know, uh, like that's saying like, oh, damn, you know, <laughs> Alex Petrangelo got COVID. You know, how how are we going to play Vegas on April 7th? And it's like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, we probably will because that's two months away. I, I go back to the tried and true line. Better to remain silent and be thought a fool rather than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. Just stop already. Anyway, when you, when you argue with an idiot, there are two idiots. <laughs> you well, what what's the? Uh, oh, I'm not going to say it because somebody because the the social justice people will come for me. Uh, finally, not going to lie. Well, no, going to lie. I'm sure the person meant not, but not going to lie. Those heritage jerseys look dated as hell. Logo and everything. Also, the collars of the Adidas jersey looks like a necktie under the sweater. They don't know what they're doing. Either way, uh, not going to lie, the Heritage jerseys look dated as hell. Rocket, um, doesn't it piss you off when, I don't know, somebody tries to make something look 30 years old and then people complain that it looks 30 years old? Have you ever tried being a woman? In the Uh-oh. United States. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! I feel like this conversation is going to go south. Go ahead. No, it's just that's that's the that's the Schrodinger's age is is you try to look thirty and then thirty's old. That's just what it is. <laughs> it's, <So> let, <laughs> it's, it's it's a paradox, really. It's this let, team. Let me ask. Let me ask you this. So pretty soon, he, pretty soon here, pretty soon, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be twenty six. Should we at all be <laughs> <Fuck> surprised? <you. laughs> should, okay, hold on. With with that in mind, should we be at all surprised that I look twenty six years old? <laughs> no. There you no, go. It's, just, it's <laughs> just oh my god those those jerseys look those heritage jerseys look dated in hell. Um, Does he not mission accomplished? Like, exactly. Like it's a heritage jersey, son. Like, do you not know what that means? Uh, and in other news, those ice cubes are making my drink too cold. Firewood burns too easily. And that comedian was too funny. The booger is too far up my nose. Yeah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Unbelievable. I will bet you, again, I, I will bet you $1,000 this person became a Sharks fan in the last 10 years. Yeah, probably. Absolutely. Because... Look, people that Why? became Sharks fans when there was the old logo and the chomp font and all that, basically, you know, from inception through 2006, if you became a fan then, you hold 
uh, a little, a little, a cockle, if you will, a little cockle of the heart is reserved for the original Sharks logo, the original font, all of that stuff. But if you're like 2008 or newer, it's like, no, man, that shit's dated. That's old. You know, nice logo, boomer. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying, man. And that's kind of the way it is. Wow. The, you know, it's unfortunate, but it is okay. You don't want to respect the tradition, the history of the team. Fine. That's cool. But all it does is say that, okay, so you're a newer fan. I get you. No problem. It doesn't mean you need to talk shit about the ones that have been here since day one. You know, it's the jersey that's made to look 30 years old. I'm upset about it because it looks 30 years old. Fuck you. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (sighs) All right. Get off my lawn. Yeah, I know. All right. I feel like my time here is over. Okay. Look, uh, recently we talked to Dylan Gambrell. We talked to Drew Remenda, Ted Ramey on the Sharks Audio Network. Of course, Brody Brazil, Jonathan Becker. We've got a new In the Reef with Kevin Lacey. We've got the article. But what I'm saying is there's a lot of stuff that we're putting up there, whether it's on Teal Town USA or the Teal Town USA YouTube channel. So go check those things out when you get the chance. We certainly appreciate it. Again, uh, the super chat option is always open when we're doing our live shows, but we do prefer if you use Venmo instead to support the show. So you can find us on Venmo at Teal Town USA. With that, time to wrap this one up. Rocket, your, uh, I mean, thoughts on a horrific week and what, what what do we got coming down the pipe? Let's take a look here. Oh, Anaheim and two against St. Louis. Well, what could possibly go wrong there? Go ahead. My name is Rocket Backhander, and uh, this is my thoughts. 50, what did you say, 56 games, 58 games? 56, games? 56. Preseason. All preseason. It's like that uh, Buzz Lightyear meme where he's gone preseason, preseason everywhere. That's all it is. That's all this is because that's all, that's the only, it's like, when you go through some bad stuff, the the real the only thing you can do is be like, well, what did we learn from it? Learn that and move forward and leave the rest of the garbage behind you. So I'm already in that mindset of this is what we need to learn and we're going to move forward and next year we're leaving the rest of this garbage behind us. I know this is wishful thinking, but this is the delusional bullshit I'm going to subscribe to until Eric Carlson's contract has been terminated. <laughs> My name is Rocket Backer, and you can find me hanging out on Twitter talking about this kind of stuff and, you know, hot girl shit. That's what I do. Uh, it's uh, R Backhander 76, capital R, capital B, little Backhander 76, or you can check out my photographs over on Instagram. Hey, you know, it's it snowed, so I might take some photographs of the snow tomorrow. Who knows? Yeah, uh, it's Rocket Backhander, one word. That's it. AJ? Well, on the other side, we... Uh... Go over to Hockey Jerk. I'm definitely wanting to find out, uh, you know, what, how long, what, what would the buyout be for, for Martin Jones or, or Eric Carlson? How's that going to work? Uh, you know, and I'm sure you're looking into that in between your instances of doing hot girl shit. <laughs> well, uh, I can tell you, uh, as somebody who is familiar with these numbers, uh, what do you got there? Numbers? We got their numbers. <laughs> 
it's uh it's not pretty let's just say that <laughs> so for for martin jones that guy um Ugh. let's and and now for this is assuming that you can buy out martin jones today which you obviously cannot you have to wait until after the stanley cup has been awarded but you are looking at so right now we have martin jones on the books the old uh the old book there for three more years after this year jesus christ three i thought it was only two three more years after this year. oh my god so if you're buying him out it now becomes six years after this year Mm-hmm. Um, however, you're looking at um, cap hits of 1.9, 2.4, 2.9, and then three years of 1.6. Now, I'm not kill somebody... me, kill me well, now. On, I mean, honestly, like, I buyouts are not ideal, but honestly, like, I feel like that's kind of stomachable. Honestly, yeah. I do. I yeah. feel like the Sharks could stomach that. You move you move a little money here and there. A maybe Vlasic or Burns, you know, one of those guys gets plucked <laughs> from somebody. I mean, you can make it work. You know, yeah. it's not ideal, but you can make it work. Sign sign Alexi to like a four year bridge deal. <laughs> Eric Carlson, that's a nightmare. Um, so there are uh six years left after this year. So you would be looking at <laughs> 12 years after this year on a buyout where so at the point have, that hockey jerk is hockey grandpa, but go ahead. Yeah. And in that case, you're having cap hits of 7.8, 11. <laughs> 2, 2.8, 3.3, 9.3, 11.8, and then six years of 1.8 million. I, um, I'll so be, that's I'll, not, I'll ideal. be in, I'll be living in one of those, uh, apartment complexes of seniors 55 and older by the time the Sharks stop paying Eric Carlson if that happens. Oh, we're both going to be in assisted living. Oh my god. I might so, be in hospice care by that point. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. I'm going to so, be an iron lung. And, and and again, like I said, you know, again, I, I don't know that I want it to get to this point, but let's say it did. Like, I think a Martin Jones buyout, I think you can stomach that. I, re- I really think you can. I mean, the worst you're going to see, again, assuming this happens, the worst you're going to see is those two years where you've got a 2.4 million cap hit and a 2.9 million cap hit. But mm-hmm. if I can share a secret with you, that's better than 5.75. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, all right. Fine. Fair. Where do they find you on social media, buddy? Um. Well, you're. <laughs> where do they find me? Wherever I'm at. Um, <laughs> no government names. No government <laughs> names. Um, hockey underscore jerk on Twitter, and I'm sorry to let everybody down, but this is not my last podcast. I'm never leaving. <laughs> Are you trying to say you didn't get the the job with Arizona? Yeah, well, you know, um, shit happens. You're still pining stick. for the Buffalo Sabers one, right? Well, no, I mean that one didn't work. Pittsburgh didn't work. Arizona didn't work <laughs> twice. Um, you know, but it's yeah. a Montreal. Mon- I tried to be Montreal's head coach. That didn't work, but we'll get there. Seattle, uh, there's always hope. Yeah, yeah, they don't have a coach yet. It's always a new team in the mix. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm AJ underscore Strong on the social media. Do me a favor, don't don't bother me. <laughs> <laughs> just just don't. <laughs> I don't need any sh- more shit. Look, I said it earlier, man. The shark. This schedule just. 
whatever. Forget it. It's it's over. <laughs> it's over, Johnny. It's over. Um, I have no hope for this team for the rest of the season. I don't think they come close to seeing a playoff spot. I mean, the only no, I'm not even gonna put like so. Well, only if you know Arizona and Minnesota shit the bed. But no, I'm not. But no, the Sharks are not making the playoffs. They're just not. It's going to be the second season in a row that they miss. It will be the third in seven seasons that they miss. And when you look at these contracts, does that mean that next season is going to be better? No, I don't think it is. It doesn't think, mean it's going to be worse either, though. That's true. I still don't think they make the playoffs. If everything stays kind of like where it is right now, I don't think they make the playoffs in a year either. You know, when they move back to their normal division. And it's like, okay, but Colorado's gone and St. Louis is gone. They were so... Bitch, have you seen Edmonton? Like, Yeah, Calgary. I mean, dude. So, look. Seattle as well. Yeah, Seattle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. if they pull the fucking Vegas out of their ass. Hello. Well, and you know what? The Yotes aren't going to be in the division anymore, so we can't beat up on them anymore. I'm sorry, who? The Yotes. (laughs) You mean your Yotes? Yeah, <laughs> I feel like you're pronouncing you, that incorrectly. You, My I yotes. You, I told you I was taking a break. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We were on a break. Okay, Ross. Look, it's it. This is no. It's it, things are not good, and this all comes down to the fact that the deals for Eric Carlson, Evander Kane, to a lesser extent. Uh, the Eric Carlson deal is going to go down as the worst deal of all time in Sharks history. There you go. You want to call me a hater? Fine. I don't give a shit. Yeah. You got to pull a me. You got to say, please at me. <clears throat> yeah, please go ahead. At me. Uh, people have been adding me. The, the, here's the funny part of it is that there are a few people on social media who I, I have vivid vivid memories of saying, oh, the Eric Carlson deal. Oh my God, you sign that every day and twice on Sunday. And it's just an amazing deal. It's the best thing that the Sharks have ever done. And these people have said fucking jack shit over the last eight months. Have silence, crickets. You bring it up to them and you're like, hold on, wait a minute. Weren't you the one talking about like, you know, you do this, you know, and, and twice on Sunday. And they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. The hell out of yeah. here. Like, if you're going to have the take, stand by. Dude, Rocket will tell you from the jump. I was, how long was I just like, oh my God, Brendan Dillon, you're giving me a headache, man. Dude, I don't like you. You play shitty defense. You're not in the right position. You're slow, blah, blah, blah. Years. And Years. I, yes. And then he had the transition and he brought me around. And then I'm like, oh my God, Dilly. Yes, you figured it out. I love you. I have a gamer jersey from you in my closet. Loves me some Brendan Dillon. Turned me around. Can Eric Carlson pull this off? Good luck. No. no. Good luck, you diva. I'm just saying. So, with that, we thank you so much for watching. We wish you all a happy Valentine's Day. This is episode 120 in the books. We go live every Sunday at 7 o'clock Pacific, 10 Eastern. Always talking about the Sharks. Talking some NHL, and sometimes we get into uh, 
I don't know, something something a little interesting. Uh, but I'm going to leave you with the weekend in a golden helmet. I think that's what I need to do. <laughs> the weekend trapped in a gold helmet. I don't know. It creeps me out. I got to be honest with you. Whoever yeah. did that Photoshop, you have my respect. <laughs> you have my respect. So with that, thanks very much for joining us. We'll see you guys next Sunday. Don't forget, After Dark takes place after every single Sharks game. So be sure to tune in and hit the subscribe button. Let us know you're there. See you next week for episode 121.